Hello, everybody, and welcome to the last episode of 2023. Before we jump into today's episode, let me quickly say thank you to everyone that's been listening along and supporting this year. It truly means a lot to me. And if you haven't already, give the podcast a review on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps the show out. Anyway, it's been an incredible year and I have big plans for 2024. So thank you and stay tuned. I also want to say a huge thank you to Exoterra for sponsoring this podcast for the past two years now and for sponsoring a bunch of videos on my other channel this year as well. It's an honor to be working with Exoterra and I look forward to future projects. And while we're on that topic, thank you Exoterra for sponsoring this episode as well. Exoterra makes quality products for our pet reptiles to make them feel at home. Okay, now that all of that is out of the way, let's talk about today's guest. Although really, he needs no introduction. If you're a reptile keeper and you're not living under a rock, you already know who this guy is. So without wasting any more time, everybody, please help me welcome probably the funniest person in the reptile industry and a very good friend of mine, the Pickle King, Adam Wickens. Pickle King. Ah, starting us off right. Let's see it. Let's see it. Thanks, buddy, for having me on. <laughs> I love it. Straight, straight into the pickles. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing today, Adam? Couldn't be better. Great day today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for coming on. I'm super excited to do this. And this is your second time on. First time alone, but second time on the show. So yeah, thank you very much for coming back. Uh, thank you. Of all the uh, Reptile podcasts, there's only a f well, there's only a few left, but you're the one that I watch. You Animals at Home is also pretty great, but I watch. Thank you very much. I'm going to clip that out and use it as like a little <laughs> endorsement clip and just show it everywhere. Adam, <laughs> Wicked Wicked Reptiles said, "I am the only podcast." You, I'm even cut out, cut out the Animals at Home thing. I am the only hey, podcast. And Dylan, and Dylan. <laughs> okay, fine, fine, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep it in. I'll keep it in for Dylan. Oh man, that's funny. Okay, shall we? Shall we? I, I, I thought I could come up with something funny to to do that transition with, but I haven't. So, shall we just dive in? <laughs> I'm I'm ready. You, you sent me the questions earlier. I don't feel comfortable answering my date of birth or social security number, but everything else everything that you, else. I'm good. Yeah, I'm ready. So, so you're down to send me your credit card number then? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I mean, you can that's buy yourself nice. whatever size uh, six shoes or whatever it is that you. Yeah, that's nice. fine. Beautiful, yeah. love it. Okay, awesome. All right, Adam, tell us how you got started in the reptile hobby, and then maybe transition from there to the how you did how you got started in youtube sure so when i was a kid i was obsessed with dinosaurs dinosaurs were the best and i realized you couldn't keep a dinosaur so when i was a kid <laughs> my librarian mrs corvino she used to teach my mom in high school and then she was my librarian when i was a kid and Crazy. her husband ran a sanctuary or rescue or whatever it was called at the time this is, we're talking about 1996 95 maybe and uh years before you were born young sarah and uh <laughs> so they brought in a big tortoise and snakes and stuff and i'm like okay i'm obsessed now and then i watched steve Irwin when i was a kid jeff corwin uh like all those jack Hanna, kratz brothers all those guys right and then so i became obsessed with reptiles but i was never allowed to keep one so when i was 19 fast forward uh i started working with this girl and she's like, I got two bearded dragons. I need to get rid of one because I keep them together as a male and a female. They can't, they're laying eggs and stuff. So she plopped it in my hand and then I had a bearded dragon as a pet, right? I was 19. My parents are going to charge me rent. Well, I'm going to do whatever I want now. So I brought home a bearded dragon. And then uh, that evolved. And then I think in 27, 2016, I started to get into snakes, hognose and ball pythons, and maybe a corn snake or two. And then in 2019, so 
if your audience doesn't know, I'm a stand-up comedian too. I started that in 2017. I've been doing that for longer. And then this guy who I do a lot of shows for, he said to me, in, as I was in between jobs, I said, I'm kind of bored. I'm not doing anything. He's like, hey, you have this big personality. You have a camera and a bunch of reptiles. Why don't you start a reptile channel? So I did. I started a reptile channel and uh, went back and forth on names and stuff. But I started it that day. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to give it a year. And if nothing happens in a year, then I'll quit. And then around uh, nine months, some, like I started to get some traction. So here I am, still doing YouTube. That's awesome. And that was how many years ago? That was in 2019. So January 14th, 2019 was the, uh, the day that I started uh, the Wiccans Wicked Reptiles YouTube channel. I love it. I love that you still remember the day. I, I, should, I yeah. should go check and figure out what day I started my channels <laughs> as well. Uh, but okay, awesome. So I'm sure you get this question a lot, like a lot, mm -hmm. a lot, like probably every three hours. But for, for, for the younger people that are just starting in the reptile hobby and just also wanting to do YouTube, or maybe they're not younger, maybe they've been in the reptile hobby for a long time, but they're wanting to start on YouTube. Do you have any advice for them? Yes. And I love this question, even though I've been asked a million, remember during COVID when everyone had a podcast and none of them survived except for Daffy's Roundtable? I remember that. I did a hundred of them and I've answered this question over and over. <laughs> Bro, appreciate you. And the answer is the same as it's always been. Start today. If you have an idea, start today. Even if it's just setting up the channel name, setting up the social media, making your first post on Instagram, whatever, and then make some videos. And for YouTube specifically, I think that you should make between three and five videos and release them all at the same time and then have the next video ready for the next week and start with one video a week. And if you choose to do two or three, that's fine, but you're going to realize very quickly if you make good quality videos, it takes a lot of time. You know this, right? If you make good quality videos, it's time sensitive or not time sensitive, but time consuming. So have a bunch ready because for someone to hit subscribe, it takes, if you look at your analytics, 2.3 videos for them to watch then hit subscribe. So if they watch one video, then they'll, move, they'll never see you ever again. They forget you even existed. Oh, it's a new guy, whatever. So make a bunch of videos, post them, get better at something every single week. So this week, good, good at lighting. Uh, actually, let's start with audio. People will put up with bad video, but will not put up with bad audio. So good audio, work on lighting, camera, angles, editing, music, sound, go back to lighting. And just keep getting better at something every single week. And uh, that's my, and also consistency. So the big thing is consistency. If you decide that you're going to do something, no matter what it is, if it's YouTube, finance, uh, investing, whatever, consistency. Make sure that you are doing it all the time. Don't make it a one-time thing because it's never going to be successful that way. Awesome. I absolutely 100% agree with everything you said. I actually have heard people ask you this question many times and I've heard you say um, consistency, consistency, consistency. And I was just expecting you to give that answer and then you just went off and that's, that's awesome. That's, that's a lot of good, good, good advice. But let me uh, tell you, yeah, if there's yeah. someone, if there's someone who can disprove my point, Dr. Plants and I had a, do you know who Dr. Plants is? I've seen his channel. So Dr. Plants is probably besides Ants Canada and Tarantula Collective, the most cinematic, beautifully produced videos ever. Okay. Awesome. This kid's 18 or 19, by the way. So he's just a baby. Wow. A million times better than I am at YouTube. He posted four videos last year and got 1.2 million subscribers. So don't listen to me, Wow. but I'm just suggesting to do this, but there's also another way to do it. If you're really good at it. I don't know why I'm yeah. doing hand gestures like Donald Trump, where I don't move my shoulders, but just my hands. But anyway, 
make reptile like youtube be- great again anyway Broken. yes yeah. <laughs> yes agreed uh, okay so just just to break down the barriers of people thinking and this is this is i'll throw you a curveball i didn't try this one down do sure. you need a camera and a mic and all this fancy stuff or can you just go off with your iphone and make a decent enough quality video to go on youtube in your uh so snake discovery made videos with her iphone until she was over 2 million subscribers so she has surpassed what i've done by almost 10 times just using a phone so i'm using my iphone right now for this you can use your iphone i would recommend that you spend money for a microphone um but that's it good audio and video is okay and that's it so no you there's no money barrier at all if you have a smartphone you can do this awesome i absolutely agree i also by the way you you, you know this but i film most of my videos on my iphone as well anyway so and your videos okay. look great your videos look great Thank daffy's reptiles much. daffy's round table i highly recommend you subscribe once again i'm gonna cut that out and use it as an endorsement clip <laughs> awesome yeah. okay so what do you think the responsibilities of being a creator are in this industry in this industry yeah like you with someone with a big audience you're your uh influencer you're um people are listening to what you're saying so yeah in in well i guess in every industry in general but more specifically in like the reptile hobby or in the reptile industry so i have a very controversial take okay awesome in the reptile industry zero i don't think you have any responsibility at all once so in people of this is my my the most uh i've never had such a compliment ever as someone saying to me well you said to you there's no responsibility but what about elon owning twitter here's the deal or x whatever it's called once your service becomes utility then it's different once your service is something like a where your um message gets out on the internet then it's different but i'm 300,000 subscribers, even Emily or, or Jay or Brian or whoever, I, I don't think your influence is big enough for anything. I think that in my opinion, I would prefer if bigger channels didn't use reticulated pythons overbreeding and getting bit as clickbait because it makes it look bad. But I don't think we have any sort of responsibility because I don't think we're big enough. I think that no matter what, even if there was a small creator who had 5,000 subscribers and they chose to get bit by reticulated pythons, I think if FWC or PETA or whatever disgusting organization decided they want to ban retics, they would use that. I don't think it matters that Jay is getting bit by retics. And let's be clear, and I've said it to Jay, I don't like the videos he does. I respect Jay. I think that he's great. He cried in front of me talking about how much he loves reptiles. I don't think what he does hurts the industry that much that I should be upset about it. If he had, instead of 5 million, 50 million or 100 million, or if he was the owner of some sort of social media platform, it'd be different. But I think reptile, the reptile industry is so low that five million to five to five thousand isn't that big of a jump for someone like fwc or PETA to try to get a message across five thousand five million isn't i know it sounds crazy but isn't that big of a difference yeah like sort of what you're trying to say is a bad image is a bad image regardless of who's doing it and and the powers that be are that are watching are 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 gonna take it out on regardless regardless of yeah. size yeah yeah but i'm also a contradiction of what i just said because for me i truly and honestly believe i could have a million subscribers 
if I got, if I showed all the bites that I've taken on camera in the video, but I cut them right. all out because I don't want people to think that snakes are these dangerous creatures that bite all the time. Yeah. So I cut them out because I want to promote that, but also at the same time, like I get it. So yeah, what, exactly what you said is exactly the case. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, I mean, there's, and, there's a niche for it. Right, there's a niche for it. Some, some people use it more of as an entertainment thing. Some people are more talking like an educational thing. But no, I, I, I get that. I get that. That that makes sense. Um, so then sort of a similar concept question. Should influencers, I, I did a, a episode titled this um, and, and it seemed to do really well and people we're talking like discussing it no afterwards. Doubt. Yeah. So I'm so now I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what other people think about it. So should influencers be breeders in your opinion? Or, and then the other question is, should breeders be influencers? I guess. Uh, I don't think one has to do with, with the other. I think that there is good examples. So for example, uh, Billy Rose mutation creation. I think mm -hmm. he's a great breeder. VIP morphs, Gerald. I think he's a great breeder. And then also they make really good videos. So I don't think that they necessarily have to go together or one shouldn't be the other. I think that if you're in, for, so Billy, in my opinion, is a breeder who uses YouTube and he does a great job. Uh, Ozzy Boyds, Miguel, guys like that. Canova, guys like that. Where with me, I'm a YouTuber first who also breeds. So I think there's two camps. And I can't really think of anybody else. So, and then there's Brian Barchuk who does both. And he's, he used to be a breeder and then he shifted to YouTuber. Mm -hmm. And he's the only one that's kind of transcended in my opinion. So I don't think it really matters that much. I just think that as long as you're doing it the correct way and you're not breeding crap in order to sell. If you have a big audience and you're breeding crap and then you're selling it because you can, that's a problem. But I can promise you I'm not doing that because I can't give away some of the stuff that I have. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Oh, can I tell you about the Python or the boa that I got today? Please do. Hit me. Okay. Yes. So how did this so, happen? So I get a snap from Adam today. But yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Hilarious. Yeah. So tell me. So you got a snap from me today. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, so I got this. So this guy, I was in the reptile shop today. Okay. I was in the reptile shop today and this guy walks up to me and he's like, hey, like he knows me. Hey, I like your video. I like those berms. I want to buy one of berms. And in Canada, there's it's so difficult to find a place where berms are, are okay. Where yeah. I live, berms are legal, but most of the places they're illegal. So it's difficult, right? So it's hard to sell them. And I won't sell them to a place that I know they're illegal because I know that if you get found out, they're just going to be euthanized and the whole thing. So this guy walks up. He's like, hey, uh, I have a spotted python female. I'm like, okay, I'll trade you a berm for a spotted. That's fine. I have a spotted. No, I don't want to get rid of her. Okay, good talk. But let me show you. And then he pulls out of his pocket. He just went and bought, like, probably in a Kijiji deal or something, a uh, Brazilian rainbow boa. And he shows it to me. He unwraps it. He had it, like, packed so well. And it's, like, this beautiful baby Brazilian rainbow boa. And he's beautiful, like, I'll yeah. trade you. Yeah. He's like, I'll trade you an albino berm for this. I'm like, okay. So he just gives it to me. Like he didn't know I was going to be in the shop. Didn't advertise I was going to be there. Wasn't even supposed to be there today. Just shows up, has the thing in his pocket. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll message you for the burn. Who does that? Yeah. No payment. Yeah. No, nothing in writing. Just gave him my number. That's it. So anyway, yet? no, he hasn't. But Justin from Niagara Exotics, whenever you want your albino burn, I'll drive it to you. 
So <laughs> let me know. That's also he's also lives in Niagara. Yeah, he lives in. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to say where, but yeah, he lives like a couple of cities over. But yeah, he lives like within twenty minutes of me. So, but same like, body. Yeah, same, yeah. He, so he's good. He's good. Okay. Where he lives. That's that's yeah. awesome. That's hilarious. But yeah, imagine yeah. just just being in a store and somebody walking up to you and handing you a snake. Yeah, and that's like the crazy thing because I remember I I started going to Niagara Exotics in twenty seventeen. I passed by the day it opened. I didn't have a YouTube channel. No one knew who I was. And then now every time I go in there. So I walked in there and the first thing, so there was this lady at the uh, counter and uh, she kind of like doubles his double. Oh, like every, it's, well, you've been an expert with me. Like it's, yeah, yeah. people know who I am now. It's like crazy because I what? I have this stupid YouTube channel. And and how, how does, like, do you expect it? Were you expecting this? No, I, it, I still haven't gotten used to it. Like at expos, I kind of am used to it now because when you go to an expo, it's only reptile people who are really into reptiles. Yes. Because even people who go to a reptile store, they're taking care of their kid's pet or their husband's pet or their friend, like whatever. So a lot of the time they don't know who you are. But at an expo, if you go to an expo, you're either a reptile person or with a reptile person. And the amount of times I've had people come up to me and be like, hey, oh my God, oh, you're the guy. My husband watches you or my kid or my wife or whoever. So the amount of times I've heard people tell you, you're the reason I got my first snake is, is incredible as well. Yeah. I, I, we, 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 we walk down from like one end of the expo to the other and it maybe takes us about two to three hours to just make it through one aisle because Adam gets stopped every 30 seconds. So, but no, it's awesome. Really. It's awesome to watch to, to, and to hear people saying these things, right? Like, I got my first snake because of you or uh, my mom is no longer scared because I sold her your channel or all these things. Like it's, it's awesome. You know, like, which again, it never gets old. You are making a difference, but yes, never. Yeah. I'm sure it never gets old. That's awesome. Yeah. No. And like, so it never gets old because it's like, I, I get to be this gap or this, I don't know, bridge between I used to be afraid. And then now I love these things. And then a lot of the time it's through a kid or someone else they watch or whatever. They just see like this guy. And I feel like I look like a regular guy, like a little bit weird, but like I look like a regular <laughs> guy, you know, and uh, eats a lot of pickles. I do. look. I do eat a lot of that's a true fact, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it feels good always, but it never really gets old. And it's interesting too, because I can go to a hardware store or a grocery store and no one knows who I am. I can go to a festival. No one knows who I am. But then you go to a reptile expo and everybody knows. And like, yeah. I've seen it with you too. People come up to Ottawa, bro. Yeah. In Ottawa, people knew you more than they knew me by a lot. It's my city. Oh, you're <laughs> and, yeah, that's your city, right? So yeah, yeah. 100%. So you can attest, like it's this crazy thing where you're a regular person, no one knows who you are. And then you go to this one little subsection of a subsection and everybody knows who you are. So it's like this, it's the perfect amount of fame where you're not famous at all in real person language. Yes. But then you go to this place where everybody knows who you are and it feels great. And then you can leave and then nobody knows who you are again. Bye, I feel Storm. like the lucky. Yeah. I feel like the luckiest person ever. It's like the yeah. greatest. I like get the experience of both. Yeah. The second you get in your car, it's all over. Yeah. It's all over. Yeah. It, bro. So I go to the hotel. We're all, all at the hotel together, all of us, and nobody knows who we are. And so when it's me and you and Diane and Mike, and uh, uh dan roselli is there and kayla, kayla and, and everyone Emma, yeah. yeah and everyone's freaking out like oh they're all there or like animal con right yeah, everyone's freaking out yeah but then we all go to the hotel and nobody knows who we are it's it's great 
It's awesome. No, absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny to even in the like in the pet expos, you walk through the dog or cat section and people are walking by you. No, nobody even like blinks twice. The second you walk into the reptile area, it's like swarmed. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny too, because it's true. Like it, as soon as I walk these pet expos, I walk into the dog area, especially at CRBE, and nobody knows who I am. Like I'll have one or two people. The the April Expo last year, there was four or five reptile boosts. And I think I got eight people to take pictures with me normally it's a hundred you know so yeah yeah it's pretty great and it's uh yeah no complaints by the way if you're watching this and you ever oh should i yes always approach it doesn't matter how big if it's me or serpa or brian or state discovery always come up and say hi we always love it agreed absolutely agreed yeah yeah or or smaller creators like me please come up and say yeah or or body yeah i don't know man i feel like uh Get on a consistent schedule and watch your channel. Yes. To the moon. Yeah. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're, uh, we're trying to push that consistency now. We'll see how it goes. Oh, um, I feel you, man. It's, it's a lot of work. I get it. I understand. It, it, I, I think that's another thing that actually people don't, I think people always think like, oh, it must be easy. He's just a YouTuber. He just makes content. We're, we're like, that's such an easy job. But it's really, it's, it's a lot of work. It, it really is. Like, I'm sure with you posting two videos a week, like it, it probably gets pretty tiring pretty frequently. Yeah. And, and I know people think that, oh, he's got an editor and blah, 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 but still a lot of work. For, well, but even before that, like, how do you think I got to this point? Like I was doing two videos by myself and all the thumbnails and all the marketing and everything, like no employees for three years or three and a half years. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. And then I remember, bro, I had a day job for the majority of this. I had a day job too. So, so you're working like every day and then going home and editing. So you're working nonstop. Yeah. And people think, oh, well, oh, fuck. You get rid of your day job and you have a break. No, because then you you get better at the videos. And I don't know there's a lot of inspirations that I have for this. And I think the, the transfer collective, even though he's not reptile, he's like in the same field. Incredible right? channel. And so when I watch his videos, it, if you showed me his like five seconds of his videos and five seconds of Discovery Channel, I wouldn't know the difference. His are so good, so good. And uh, I, so my audio um, presets I got from him, color I got from like, there's so much I learned from him and he's still, his channel is what, like half the size of mine. He deserves to be 2 million. But yeah. it's, he chose spiders. As, it's it's a very sm- it's a much smaller niche. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. So it just depends, and that's why uh, I don't know if I can plug, but I'm starting a new channel in January, and uh, I feel like it's gonna be much bigger just because it's a bigger range of people. Like it's informal history, it's called, and it's about history and culture and paranormal and cre- creepy stuff. And I just feel like it's gonna be a bigger uh, niche. But I feel like I'm gonna do the same sort of videos that I do for like travel. That nobody watches on the, you know, reptile channel, and everybody's gonna watch on this channel. So because we'll they're see. gonna be travel um, themed audience or a travel themed community, they're gonna enjoy that kind of stuff more. I think. I agree. I think that it's gonna be a lot easier for people to watch in that niche, and yeah, we'll see. But uh, I feel like this niche is like very hunkered down, and that's why the big creators kind of hit the top because. Since I've been part of this niche, I feel like nobody's really risen like me besides Dr. Plants. I feel like it's just been kind of us. And then Brian sit at the top, Jay, 
Serpa. Like, can you think of anybody at the top who's not been at the top forever? No, I can't. Or at least as long as I've been in in the hobby, the people who were at the top when I started are still at the top right now. You're right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like it's a very small and everybody has their thing, which is good because I've weaseled my way in there. Yeah. And I'm still trying to grow this channel. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to start this new channel, but I'm, I'm definitely going to continue doing this. I mean, it's all dark now, but my rep, I've got more reptiles than I've ever had, and I would just like to continue to make content about them. And if – that's the thing too is like I see these people with big rep. So this guy I talked to today. He's like, I have four hundred snakes. I'm like, how? How yeah. do you pay for four hundred snakes if you yeah. don't have income coming in from social media? Like, I just don't understand. He must be breeding his own rats or something. Like, there's but yeah. well, the first I question he asked is, "Where do you get rats from?" Like, for yeah. real, the first question he asked me is, "Where do you get rats from?" Because he said he was buying them from you know who uh, yeah. the guy so yeah. <laughs> i'm like so i told him where i got him but at the same time it's like how do you have that many because this many you have a fifth of the reptiles that i have and it's expensive like it, it's just expensive so yeah 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 it's it, yeah it, i love it, having it i'm lucky but it's expensive it's i i again and, and another thing people don't think about is like going back to the feeders is like a weekly feeder cost. Nobody really tends to do the math in the beginning. You know, you start keeping reptiles, you start spending a little bit more on feeders, you get more reptiles, you spend a little bit more. But if you take a look at how much you're spending per week, it actually is more expensive. And that's just talking feeders, not enclosures, not changing the light bulbs when they burn out, not, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely expensive, but it's awesome. So you're going to be continuing to make um, content about this channel about, yeah, or about reptiles. And I know you're making yeah, some I mean, big changes right now as well. In, <laughs> well, in yeah. So, well, this is my baby, right? Like I love reptiles, but yeah. So there's this big giant enclosure that's 1,400 gallons. It's huge. Um, I'm going to change it a bit though. Cause I, I, I don't know if you feel the same, but it feels like cramped. I can touch I can both. Yeah, I can touch both. So here's how it works. I have this eight foot enclosure on the bottom but it's four feet deep before and I have the same one on the, on the side. This room is 12 and a half feet deep. So I've got four, four, which means I have four and a half feet in between. So it feels kind of cramped, but all these enclosures on the top. So these ones here are two feet deep. So what I should do is I should take the four foot deep and put it on top of the four foot deep and then move all these back. So it's only two feet deep and I have six and a half feet and more space. Right. Right. So I'm going to do that. I need help because these things weigh a lot and they're awkward and I got short T-Rex arms, but <laughs> yeah, I did the, uh, the reptile room tour last week and did well. So thanks everyone for watching. Um, but yeah, this big thing is going to be the, uh, the centerpiece at the back of the room, 1400 gallons, eight foot deep, six foot tall, four foot wide. I have to put the screen on the bottom. So I don't know if you, if you can see like there on the bottom, there's holes. The dart frogs get through, you know, dart frogs. So they can, like, they're yeah. like holes big enough for dart frogs to get through. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. They're one inch holes. Okay. Like okay. much. Yeah. So I'm going to put screen on those. I got to put a pond liner in it. The background's already in it and put the substrate and then put the plants in. And awesome. then I'm going to put uh, two reticulated pythons, dwarf retex and uh white. So I, I said I was going to put red eye tree frogs. When I put the red eye tree frogs up, I showed you the, thing right the beautiful thing. beautiful have you showed it online yet 
Uh, on my story on Instagram, but okay, that's pretty yeah. much it. I'm doing a whole video about it, which will be out in January. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so we put. So here's my thought: reticulated pythons are from Indonesia, and white tree uh, white tree frogs are from Indonesia and Australia. So I figured, okay, put those together. Uh, I might even put some dart frogs in there and then i was thinking about putting well so i'm gonna put either dart frogs or i'm gonna put the falsuma grandis so the giant day geckos day geckos, yeah. giant day geckos can live with big frogs i've done it with the milk frogs forever and i have them in this enclosure upstairs i don't really want them in anymore so anyway we'll see but it's gonna be really fun i think it's gonna be really fun i i think that that sounds sick do you have any concern of the snakes eating any of the other animals no because the retics so retics have heat glands right like they're heat pits rather heat pits yeah. so they're looking for warm-blooded prey and i don't think the frogs or the lizards are big enough for them to even pay attention to, to pay attention or sense them yeah no that sounds like it's going to be an awesome enclosure man that's yeah. that's really cool um so january you said yeah, January I want to do the video. Um, I mean, transparently, as a YouTuber, you know, December is the best month for ad revenue. Yes. So this month is like <laughs> top five, or sorry, uh, reptiles, reptile YouTubers who almost died, which is the next video that I'm just editing right now. Reptiles uh, who, who did die, the most um, expensive reptiles for next year, the most common or most popular reptiles for next year. Those are the videos that I want to make for December. And then next year will be like longer gainers, kind of like more wholesome, fun videos. And I think with those, it's going to be rearranging the reptile room, doing this enclosure, uh, the bigger enclosure in the other room, stuff like that. Awesome. So stay tuned to the Weekends Wicked Reptiles channels. A lot, lot is coming, sounds like. But that's awesome. Okay, so on the top five question, actually, that's one of the questions I, I, I had for you as well. You, you're always saying like, Top five most popular in 2024. Top five um, reptiles that are going to become cheaper next year. And, you know, and so on. Um, how do you decide? And obviously, like, disclaimer, opinions, all of that. But, like, how do you decide, like, what species are going to become more popular, cheaper, whatever? Like, how, how do you put to pick the species to put into the videos? It's a lot of, like, I'll be honest. Here's how it works. I'll think of a topic first and then I'll think of the reptiles. So I'll think of, okay, what do people want to see? What's going to be interesting for people to watch? And then I'll think of the species. And even if it takes a week, sometimes it takes two hours, but I'll just think so, or I'll message. You've got these messages before. I'll message Diane and Mike and uh, Kayla and Fadi and Emma. And I'll say, Hey, this is the video that I'm doing what fits and you've told me stem back i'm pretty sure your auto reply is just stem back to us every time i message you yeah so if it's like top five that work in a 10 gallon okay so i'll just think okay what's small what haven't i done before things like that top five i don't know most expensive for next year then i'll look at morph market or i'll i'll think back so all year or at expos for example so i'm very lucky Fadi and I are both employed by Canon Reptile Expos, Reptile Expo, right? I love that team. Amazing. Grant does amazing yeah, work. Absolutely. So I'm lucky. So I get to show up a day early and then early in the day 
and then look at all the reptiles and amphibians and look at the prices and how they, they work. And uh, now I'm sponsored by Morph Market. So I get to look with them and you know what has dropped, what hasn't dropped. And I, get to, I can message Darian, I can message Grants, I can message people in the industry and, and, and check. So it's a lot of like research, but I feel like I'm very lucky to be in a position where I can kind of message whoever I want to now. And there's nobody who's inaccessible to me. So I, I do my research and due diligence, but then there's also other videos where it's just like, you know, top five that I think are going to be popular next year. And it's my opinion. You know, I see that, you know, Alec is selling way more, you know, uh, like the doctor. Uh, yes. Like William's eye. William's than, eye yeah. Right. Than anybody else. I feel like everybody's asking about doom rolls. Nobody's asking about uh, burns. So I can make a, you know, top five, reptiles will be less popular next year stuff like that so it's personal experience plus having friends plus having contacts plus just being somebody in the industry i'm just really lucky to be in the position that i'm at no that's 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 awesome and also it's good to know that that's what you're doing at expos keeping your eye on the prices is what i need to start doing as well just kind of seeing the trends of of what's what's becoming popular what should we work with next no i'm just kidding don't don't work <laughs> don't breed what makes you money breed what what species you love um, that's right. yes okay so speaking of breeding uh maybe let's dive into your collection a little bit um mm -hmm. you had a booth at the expo which yeah. means you have bred some species before um, mm -hmm. What are what are like a couple of the species that you're working with or breeding right now? So next year, great question, Fadi. Next year, I'm gonna be breeding um, hopefully hognose snakes. I think hognose snakes are gonna be continuing to be adding in popularity, especially with even just regular morphs, single gene morphs, albino, um, anaconda, things like that. I think Chihuahua geckos are going to be continue to be more popular for two reasons. First of all, I think high-end Chihuahua geckos are going to be more expensive and low-end regular mainland Chihuahua geckos are getting cheaper. Also, I think, sorry to die on at Reptiliatus for this, that high-end <laughs> uh, crested geckos are going to be cheaper. So things like lily whites are going to be cheaper. Uh, right, exactly. And then I think you're going to see things like ball pythons the, the market is always changing with ball pythons but if for example you wanted to and i'm saying this for pets only if you wanted to get them say scaleless scaleless ball pythons and scaleless corn snakes are two different animals i think corn snakes i'm okay with because they seem to shed fine ball pythons seem to shed not as well and they're going to get cheaper and cheaper so for example in 20 16 or 17, the first scaleless ball python was bred. It was by Brian Barchuk. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I remember watching the video. And it was $125,000 he sold the snake for. Peter Williams Reptiles is selling them for $1,200 or $1,000 now. They're going to be worthless next year. So if you want to buy a pet, do not breed them for a ball python. They're going to be cheaper next year. Uh, Chua geckos, Lichianus kind of drab looking animals or it's so, so lichianus and chihuahuas i feel like the good looking ones are going to continue to rise and then the base morphs are going to go down and i think that uh crested geckos as a whole are going to go down i think so too I, I i think i think the crested gecko market i don't follow the chihuahua and the lychee too much but i think the crested gecko market is already on its way down um i was i was looking into lily whites when they first came out and the prices were like 1400 2000 plus 
and now I'm seeing them in the hundreds. Um, so I think they've already started to go down. And I think I think for the other things you said, uh, the higher end stuff will go out. I, I also think some of some of, with some species, I think the normals will also start to become more popular because I feel like there's also starting this trend of like, or this wave of people going anti-morph sort of like, oh, I, I, I just like the base look of it. And like, I, I don't want to, not that there's anything wrong with either of them, but you know, a lot of people are saying so. So yeah, it's super interesting. But okay, so Hognose. You're reading a lot of stuff from there to there. Um, so that's that's cool. Uh, any any specific morph or project that you're excited about within the hognose? So hognose, I feel like there's just a new morph every week. So Is there? Okay. yeah, like I don't know. I feel like they're, we're just like really splitting hairs at this point. Are they but like I the new ball python kind of? Honestly, yes. I, like oh, watermelon. Okay, give me a break. That, watermelon. Yeah. I feel like we're splitting splitting hairs, and I feel like albino and anaconda are the big things, right? Albino, everybody knows, an albino animal, right? Yeah, for sure, recessive gene, and anaconda is the one for that's specific to hognose, um, and I feel like those are the two big ones that have been around forever, and yeah. they're getting a little bit cheaper, but I think I feel like they've kind of stabilized the price. And then all these other ones, um, watermelon and jigsaw and all these other ones, I feel like they're just kind of... You really don't like the watermelon one. <laughs> well, it's, it's, they're just so close to everything else. Like, I yeah, just feel yeah. like they're not, you know, they're, if you look at a regular, like, sorry, normal or classic, and then you look at an albino, and then you look at something like uh, anaconda, they look so different. Right. They're, they're very clearly different. Like if you looked at like an, um, an uh, mahogany to normal to albino ball python, they look different. Clown, right? They look different. Um, but then you start getting into like these micro changes. I just feel like it's not important. So where the barring, things, the different white barring is different or the, yeah. 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 And it's like you as a nerd are going to know you as someone who spends their entire life Thinking about ball pythons, you're going to know the difference, or hognose in this case. But for a regular person, they're not going to know. But you need big changes, like big, not subtle changes, but big differences. And uh, I feel like those ones are still going to be popular, and I feel like there's not enough supply yet, and there's still high demand. So, and uh, yeah, I think that's what it's going to be. So, especially with like even chihuahuas, right? So the pine islands with the big white collars, like those are not subtle. Those are you know, substantial, you're going to notice the difference. So when people see, oh, well, this leopard gecko has, like, I feel like that's why the leopard gecko market kind of crashed is that this, the differences are so subtle and there's so much supply. And then yeah. Chihua is going to get there and crested gecko is going to get there first and then lychee after Chihuahuas. Um, where with snakes, it takes longer because it takes longer for the snakes to mature. To mature and to, to be able to breed them and grow the babies out as well again yeah yeah and, and you said this in one of your videos but what's your opinion on uh dark knight leopard geckos uh they're cool i want one <laughs> they're amazing but the problem with leopard geckos is they're ready to breed in nine months to a year and six hours it's, yeah <laughs> <laughs> for real it's like it's a line bred trait so i have geckos that were born in may that are ready to breed right now like it's so quick. So they're ready to breed right now and it's a line bred trait. So it's not like it's recessive. So for if you're watching recessive, your mom has blue eyes, your dad has blue eyes, you make blue eyes. If your mom has blue eyes and your dad has brown eyes, you make heterozygous, which means that your, your kid carries, carries a trait 
which means they have to have a kid have blue eyes. Okay. So is lime bread, which means you have to bring the darkest animals to the darkest animals to the darkest animals. And then now, two years ago, they were $2,000. Then they were 1000 Now they're 500 So next year, they're going to be 200 bucks. So I'm not buying one until they're cheap and I'm not investing in it. I should have invested in it four or five years ago, but I didn't have the foresight. I'm not savvy enough to see that. And if you were, congratulations. But now my recommendation is don't buy them thinking you're going to turn a profit because you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. Do you think, I, I and I know there's like a lot of breeders out there that, that are doing this full time and are, are making good money and are like living a happy life. But do you think that, um, you know, the average person can, do you think there's money in breeding reptiles or do you think for the average person it's more of like you're making enough money to keep your hobby going um and 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 supplying your reptiles and that's it i think i think more than 50 percent of people will lose money i i don't it's not i agree so billy rose <clears throat> made a video during covid so this is a different market right because the market is on a decline right now this yeah is the covid market was huge huge and he said, if you want to buy, if you want to get into ball pythons and you want to stay the course and make money, your first male should be $10,000 plus wow. by a $5,000 female and then a bunch of other females. And I think he's right. I think that especially with, you have to really be on the cutting edge. And I think there's certain animals. So like Dumas boas, if you started bringing Dumas boas in 2018, you're doing great, but who knew? Because of the reason, and I don't mean to blow my own horn, but the only reason, or not the only reason, but a big reason that Dumo's boas shot up in popularity so in 2020 and 2021 is because of me and Clint. Yeah, it, it, you have these these idiot YouTubers who everyone pays attention to because during COVID there was nothing else to pay attention to except for YouTubers. And Clint and I were talking about, and same thing with Emerald Tree Skinks. Emerald Tree Skinks, that's for sure, Clint. Schneider skinks, there's not as big of a market because there's not as many captive breads. That's because of me. You but so, you've been talking, yeah, yeah. You've been talking about the right. years thing. They're the ultimate. Thing. Let's let's talk about you. Yeah. So, uh, mountain horn dragons, I think are gonna be the next big thing, bro. My mountain horn dragon. Every time I open the cage, I pick them up. They are like a, a golden retriever. Okay, they are the best. Yeah, I, they are. They are the coolest lizard on the planet. They're as cool as a bearded dragon, but cooler in every other aspect. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. They. They are. They're a smaller tropical bearded dragon. Bearded dragon. Exactly. Yeah. If you told me before I met you, I watched your videos, and I yeah whatever they're whatever stupid, <laughs> but you know what I was about to say stupid. <laughs> But the, and the reason is because I thought they're not going to be personable, they're not going to be handleable, and then I go into your enclosure. Oh, open it, it's fine, and they're jumping on your head and the whole thing. Those are going to be the next big thing. But yeah. there's not enough people breeding them in captivity, which is the problem. And I don't. Oh, it's some dacula, same thing. I don't want to promote them to a point where people are taking them out of cap, out of uh, the, out of the wild, uh, out of the wild. <clears throat> Any more than they already are. Right, because especially with mountain horns, and I found them in the wild. You've seen the pictures, right? In Thailand, so I found cool. capras and colodes, which are very similar but not similar, the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's all these really cool reptiles, and it just takes. And the reason I think that I'm different than you and Dion is we're not big scale breeders. And sure, we all breed, but 
the reason that ball pythons are so popular is because there's a market behind them. Mm-hmm. The reason that spotted pythons aren't as popular is because there's no money. Yeah. Spotted pythons are better than ball pythons in almost every aspect. Hands but there's down. no money in them. And just so stenodactylus, mountain horn dragons, crocodile skinks, uh, cave geckos, they're so much better than their counterparts, but there's no money. So no one talks about it. And now I think that the climate is shifting because there's people like you and me and Dion and all these people, Mike, uh, Ashley, Dazan even. And we're talking about reptiles that don't really benefit us. We just want to talk about them because we have a channel. So our content, our money is content. We're taught, we're making, you know, the coolest reptile you've never heard of where before for 20 years, the money was, this is the coolest morph because I brought it in and I'm going to make money of it. I don't actually care. I'm not making any money. If someone buys a Dumas boa, I've never bred one. I've made $0 selling Dumas boas, zero. But I just think that the coolest reptile and the money that I make is talking about the content. And even so, my Dumas boas videos don't even do well. So anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is I think that the money in reptiles a lot of the time is influence based on people who are selling them, who have an agenda to sell them, where it's changing to people who really value the characteristics of the reptiles. Because not to put you out, but I mean, I'm pretty sure you're not getting rich off fucking selling reptiles, right? So absolutely not. So I feel like for you, you're genuine and I'm genuine and Mike and, you know, Dion. So I feel like we're going to see a shift in what's really cool. And it's not going to be based on what cool and not going to be based on what people, yeah, (laughs) what people make money off of, but rather what they offer to the keeper. And uh, I think mountain horn dragons are the best example because even if you made a couple bucks, I've made zero dollars. And I still think that mountain horn dragons are the coolest thing. I'm so glad I have them. I love them. There's another clip for me to cut out and use an endorsement. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, by the way, I just want to say that that answer, I'm not to jump back to like half an hour or, or, or earlier in the episode, but that was the perfect answer for should influencers be breeders. I think like that, that perfectly fits in there. And then to flip it, it's also why I think that breeders should be influencers because they know the animal the best. They should be the ones mm-hmm. talking about it and spreading the love of it. But yeah, I, I love that answer. Absolutely true. I think. Um, and I also think that more people should be looking into all of these different alternatives. Can I fight you? Can yes. I, can I disagree with you? Absolutely. So Please I do. think you're right. A lot of the, so for breeders like you and me and Dylan, who are, we keep small numbers and breed. Yes. I agree. But someone who keeps say, I know ball pythons get a bad rap, but someone who keeps ball pythons only in racks and has never tried a PVC has never tried anything else. I think those are the worst people to advocate because they don't know the natural behavior because they don't care. Okay. All they care about is, is ovulating. How much do I feed it? What's the temperature going to be? Temperature drop, temperature rehike, feed re- like that's all they care. So I think that it's different. Uh, hobbyist breeders, which I would include myself in and you and yeah. Dion. Yeah, I love how he's not here. I'm just including him in everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right. <laughs> But I feel like hobbyist breeders, we know the most because we, like, my mountain horn dragons are in my office. I yeah. work eight hours a day Watch like everybody else yeah. more. Like I, like, I probably, anyway, anyway, in my office, I work eight hours a day. So I watch them all day and all night. Yeah. And I watch the way they interact with each other and how they move and whatever else. But with a ball python breeder, how much time do you think, you know, ballpythons.com or whatever is watching their ball pythons and their behavior in going zero next to next zero. To next they have to finish everything in time. 
Right. And I, and I understand. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at all. Right. But I do think that you're right and wrong. I think you're right in that people like you and I have the best opportunity to look at how these animals interact. Also, I think that people who their mortgage relies on them breeding are the worst people to look at because they have an incentive to make them look easier and whatever else. So, and by the way, this is no shade. I love Billy and Ozzy and For sure. uh, Canova and everybody else. But at the same time, I think you're right and I think you're wrong. And I think that's the difficult part about reptiles and animals in general. Yes, and the politics that goes along with it. But that's also a very, very good answer. I like that. I like that. That's right. okay. Cool. Perfect. Full circle. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So while we're still talking about breeding and hobbyist breeding, um, you also, obviously, we were just talking about this earlier as well when you went to the pet store, uh, berms, berms and retics, right? Yeah. You work with them. So a lot of big snake breeding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love, so, sorry, I don't know what your question is, but just, I love. Go ahead. Yeah. I love big snakes, retics and berms. Retics are German shepherds. Berms are golden retrievers. Okay. I've had experience with both. Berms are, in my opinion, are the best because there's so much eat. Like, there's one right here. It hasn't even looked at me one time. Retics, if you walk in the room, they're striking at the glass. Anyway, sorry, what's your question? Well, sort of that, but but more also, like, what's the experience like of 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 breeding big snakes? Have you, you've bred ball pythons and smaller stuff as well. Yeah. Right? Okay, so what's sort of, like, the difference of of working with these bigger snakes, these bigger animals versus um, like a ball python or a corn snake or, or something slightly smaller or a lot smaller, I guess. So I've never bred retics yet, but I have bred berms and I have bred ball pythons. And honestly, they're the exact same. Uh, the difference is the size of enclosure because berms. So I've got a nine foot animal and a 15 foot animal. Okay. So they're much bigger. The, the babies come out way bigger. They grow faster. Yeah, they're just different. Are uh, clutch sizes around the same? No. So berms, berm clutch sizes are way bigger. So my berm, my, my female is really small. She's only about nine feet. So, and she's not a dwarf. She's technically a mainland. So she, just because, here's the thing I would like to say. Just because your berm is only nine feet doesn't mean they can't make 19 foot babies. Okay. Right. They can. It's not a bird. It's not a dwarf. There are dwarfs in Canada, by the way, which we can talk about in a sec if you want. There sure. are 100% dwarfs in Canada. There's two that I know of. Okay. Anyway, so they made smaller babies and the whole thing, but you need bigger enclosures for them and you need a lot of food. And berms act similar to balls, but ball pythons are puppy dogs right out of the egg. I mean, they're the, the tiniest, smallest, most personable berms come out more cantankerous you have to tame them down and uh yeah i mean they, they get bigger so you need bigger enclosures right away like my berms at uh nine months are bigger than my ball pythons will ever be so they grow way faster now if you get dwarf berms which so chuck royal was the first person i knew who bred per percentage of dwarfs so they're insular dwarfs. So retics and berms. Insular means ins insula in Latin is uh, island. Puella is insula means the girl is an island, which is the only thing I remember from Latin class. And uh, done. So 
if you get super dwarfs and dwarf reticulated pythons, they're, they're from islands because from when you're on an island, you don't have giant deer, you don't have big prey items, so you have to evolve to eat small items and be smaller, right? So you can get so there's super dwarfs like reach out reptiles that can males are six foot and females are eight or ten foot, but I also have super dwarfs that are twelve foot. So it just depends. Hermes pythons are the most personal snakes on earth. They're the best. There's nothing even close to a Burmese python, in my opinion. For but the problem is they're too big. The only size, the only so, size, yeah. Right, and it doesn't matter, bro. You know, you have a you have a carpet python, right? Carpet pythons, spotted pythons, berms, balls. It doesn't matter if they think you're food, they bite you and wrap you. Yes. So, and this isn't snakes are not mean. It just they need to eat. So if you if you have a rat in the one room or you touch your amphibians, like it doesn't matter. They're, it's just going to happen. But so with a berm, if they're too big, then it's dangerous and it's not their nature, right? Just like if you have a German shepherd who's the nicest dog in the world and then they're blind because they're 16 and your, your kid smells like peanut butter, they're going to bite your kid. That's how it's going to work, right? Same thing with a snake. So if you have a berm that has the best personality, but the size of a ball python, that's the best snake in the world. So that's what I want. The problem with retics, in my opinion, is they have too high of a food drive. Their food drive for me is too high, but that's what's going in this enclosure because I have them and they're too big. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Matthew Gessner, for, for giving me your five retics. I traded two of them for one, so I have four now. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I just love snakes and uh, I, I'm just, I just want to give them the best possible home they can have and kind of show them to the rest of the world the way they're supposed to be kept. That's awesome. You have dwarf retics or regular retics? I have dwarf. I have no mainlands. I have dwarfs and super dwarfs. Awesome. Oh, what's what's there's dwarfs and there's super dwarfs. What's the difference? Uh, different so islands. I, I'm assuming. Okay. Oh, different. Yeah. Islands. So, so uh, different islands. So Garrett, have you ever had Garrett Hartle on your podcast? I no, I should though. Talk to me. I'll get him on the podcast. Awesome. Garrett is. You might be here for seven hours because Garrett just talks, but Perfect. Garrett is. I love that dude, man. He knows more about reticulated pythons than anybody in the world. Okay. Awesome. So there's different, so like Sulawesi, Karampa, like there's all these different islands, right? That have retex. Uh, so Bali yellowheads. So the, so there's a video that I did in Bali where the retic almost bit me in the dick. That's a Bali yellowhead, which is the most sought after dwarf reticulated python. So regular like mainlands can grow 20 plus feet. Dwarfs can grow 20 plus feet, but they might also be 15 or 14 or 12 foot. Super dwarfs can grow as small as six foot full grown. Okay. So it just depends what island they're from. And then when you get into morphs, all the morphs that I know of, I might be wrong, but all that I know of personally are mainlands. So you have to breed mainlands into dwarfs and super dwarfs and then keep bringing them down and down and down and down until you get 93.3% super dwarf with a morph in it, which is what Garrett is doing. So in my opinion, dwarfs, super dwarfs, and mainlands should be three different species, but they're not speciated yet. So Garrett is doing that. Garrett is doing the fucking Lord's work, okay? Garrett is doing the Lord's work. So he's trying to get them speciated so that if you have retics in your area banned because they're 20 feet, but super dwarfs are six feet and they're not a threat to human. They're the same species. He's trying to get them speciated. So he's trying to breed them down so that you can have a albino particular python that's six. Yeah, exactly. Six or seven feet. Good, good size. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That's awesome. 
That's that's super interesting. And I guess they yeah. they wouldn't have as much variety as ball pythons at, at this point. But are there like quite a few different morphs of them uh, right now? Yeah, but the, the crazier morphs that you get, the bigger they are because they haven't been bred down. They haven't yet. been yeah. bred down yet. Okay. Yeah. Re have you seen a golden child retech? Dude, it looks like an oil slick. It looks like a rainbow. I've seen it's... one in person. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Okay. So person, July, yeah. in July, drive down to me and we'll drive down to Pittsburgh together and go to Retex Fest. Because I'll tell you what, these Retex are the coolest animals I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I've been lucky to go to Garrett's place three times now. And some of the stuff he has, like some of these Golden Child Retex and like with stuff bred into them, they look like oil slicks and he yeah. bred them in the super dwarf so they're only eight feet they're crazy oh, that's awesome uh, first of all i i've seen stories and videos of you up at retech fest and i would absolutely love to join it that, that would be sick i, I think i uh, i don't know anything about retex at all i love that they do a retech fest the retech fest and i think that we need to do more um they also do man the states got everything they also do like a carpet fest they do um so they do all of these different like smaller Iguana fest, yeah fest, exactly which yeah, i really wish we did more some more stuff like that up here as well but me too um um are you able to cross cross the border with them like can you pick up snakes from gareth and drive them back or are they cites or what's the what are the laws for retex you have to do an import but you can ship retex across the border so burmese pythons you can't but retex you can there's a lot of paperwork and cost involved and i was talking about to gareth about bringing I'll talk about us off, but there's this opportunity that I'm still considering free texts that are not in Canada that I could bring up. The problem is it's just expensive. So when he gets orders from Canada, he has to gather them for months and then bring them up. So, but yeah, if you want a retech uh, that's not in Canada, I mean, Bob Clark sells them and stuff, but in my opinion, um, Garrett Hartle is the guy. There's nobody like him. All his retechs are, yeah, he's the guy. That's the guy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely message you afterwards about maybe bringing him on here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I definitely don't want to retake. <laughs> I'm not. No more. No more. I'm trying. I'm trying to stop myself from buying any more animals at the moment. Anyway, but definitely not a giant snake. That I'm gonna need another giant enclosure for. Because I big, man. Upgrade. Yeah. No. They're definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, too many. Too many animals need need upgrading right now. Well, just before we jump off this, yeah, you said uh, bigger clutch size. Like, how how many babies are you talking per clutch? Here? Roughly, obviously. So my burn, who is small for her size, for her yeah. age, put twenty two eggs. They can go eighty eight plus, more. Wow. They can go almost a hundred. Wow. And is there like a, you know, with some animals, just with some species, there's a like, don't sell them before a specific age. Is there, is there something like that with, with berms? I mean, it, it, for me, it's common sense. Like it, my berms, most of them took frozen thought immediately. Some of them took live and then I'd have to put them on the uh, frozen thought before I sell them. But I mean, as long as they've taken three meals to me, then they're good to go. Like three frozen thawed. And I know people have different opinions, you know, but for me, I advocate frozen thawed. So until mine aren't frozen thawed, then I don't sell them. Yeah. No, it's more of just a, a curiosity of, of like, how long do you have to house 22 giant snakes before, <laughs> before you can list them for sale, right? Like Dude, some, mine are, some mine are big. Like some of mine are four foot now. 
and it's been wow. nine months. Like they're bigger than ball pythons and uh, like full grown ball pythons. And it's funny too. Like the biggest one I have is a female. She's a uh, classic. She's double het, so she's het for albino, het for hypo, but she doesn't show either. And it's like I want to get rid of this animal because she's she's so big. She takes up so much resources. And uh, she eats so much food. She takes up so much space. She takes uh, she takes up a three foot by eighteen inch tub. Like I want her gone. Yeah. It's just hard to sell because a lo- like I live in the one city in my region where it's legal, and everywhere else it's basically illegal. So, yeah, I just need to get rid of her. Have you looked into um, the Quebec side? Yeah, I mean, there it's available Canada wide. So anyone in Canada who wants to buy it, as long as it's legal in your area, then I'm happy to sell it to you. Yeah, because well, there's definitely no one. I don't think anyone from like the GTA down to Ottawa can can legally keep them. Um, I no. think you're, yeah. So it, you're gonna have to go out of province a little bit. But that's that's interesting. How many of them do you have left? Ship me a couple of berms. Eight, bro. I'll ship you as many as you want. All eight. <laughs> I got eight of them. I'm just gonna. You can send you a picture of me just in bed with eight berms. Just, <laughs> bro, you, you'll be bleeding because they're all spicy. But yes, no problem. The, the, yeah. So the, it it takes a while for them to kind of like calm down to like the berms we see everyone just the calm. Yeah, like there there was one that was easy, but the rest of them like so ball pythons I bred a bunch and they're always mild. They're always easy, but these ones are all spicy. Yeah, yeah. Another species that we haven't touched on and that we'll really quickly touch on that I'm just curious actually from my own knowledge now. Are you ever thinking of breeding your Fiji banded iguana? Yes. So I need to find somebody who will sell me a female because from what I understand or from what I see in ads, and like, so here's the thing too is like, I treat myself like I'm everybody else. So I don't try to play, you know, mm. I got a big YouTube channel or whatever, but. I would love to buy a, a, fee, a couple females and then a male, right? I want to buy, I would, but most people that I see, they sell pairs or only males. I just can't find a female. But if I found a female, I would definitely breed Fiji's because, it, and I don't think it would hurt the market. I think that if I bred a couple Fiji's, like a couple females, and had, you know, 10 eggs a year, 10 babies a year. I don't think it would kill the market. I think it would just make them more accessible. But in my opinion, my my fa- my favorite animal is probably my Fiji. Like it, it's so personable. It's small. It's not offensive. It doesn't tail at me. It doesn't bite me. Yeah, I, I think that Fijis deserve more recognition for sure. Do they, I've only my only experience with them is with uh, Greg's one Snoop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and and he's like super friendly. Like he'll come out and he'll he'll sit on he'll sit on my hand. But like as you were saying earlier, your mountain horn dragons are in your office. You're sitting there. You're watching them. I don't have that experience with Fiji's at all. So like I've only like here hold them and like held them. So are they? Are they like person? Is their personality like? Are they like bearded dragons? Do they? Do you feel like he recognizes you? Is there? Are they kind of just? Do they kind of just sit there? So. Imagine your mountain horn dragons were smaller and less colorful. Like that's it. Like they're just like more mountain horn dragons. They're they're just smaller and less out. colorful. Yeah, like so imagine like a, a larger smaller, and more colorful. 
So right, sorry. So imagine smaller, less colorful Fiji. That's sort of meant. That's right. yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that they're they're easy to handle, no problems. They don't bite. They don't tail whip. That I mean they're herbivores, kind of. Even though they go crazy for crickets, but uh, I've heard that from Greg as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're Fiji's, in my opinion, are the coolest lizard on the planet. Period. There's nothing even close. Um, and the closest thing would be a mountain horn dragon, which is another animal that most people don't even know about. Another yeah, I mean, and if you want, if you want a captive bred mountain horn dragon or uh, Stendacalus, then you have to go to Daffy's reptiles. That's just how it is. Keep, 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 keep it coming. Keep it coming. <laughs> Daffy's mean, reptiles. I mean, I mean, he's got the biggest, fullest head of hair, fullest beard. I mean, of all the short guys I've ever met, he's the coolest one. And you should just buy all your reptiles from him. I love it. I'm actually gonna clip these out one day. I remember. Sorry, when I have when I have mountain horn dragons for sale, I'm just gonna list them with just a clip of. If Adam, if if Wiccans Wicked Reptiles says you should buy them, then you should buy them. I mean, I know everything. I have a YouTube channel. That's how it works. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so maybe we'll quickly jump back. Oh, before that, um, any dream reptile that you'd like to breed that you haven't bred other than the Fiji iguana? Uh, Bolin's pythons. But, I mean, Bolin's pythons are so difficult to breed. Emerald... Amazon Basin Emerald Tree Boas. Would be another one. Uh, Schneider skinks. I've never bred, but I have. You have uh, a pair? Yeah, I have a pair, and they won't breed. Um, I thought for sure my uh, Solomon Island prehensile tail skinks, my monkey tail skinks, were pregnant, but she wasn't. No. So that'd be another one. But yeah, I mean, uh, my carpet python, or, sorry, carpet chameleon oh, is okay. gravid, I think. Awesome. But is that the one for guess, the expo? Yeah, yeah. I just put it downstairs in a bigger enclosure. I think so I'm so. hoping. I mean, there's a lot that I would like to breed, but uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm a, a hobbyist first, breeder second. Awesome. Yeah. No, for sure. I I agree with that. I just feel like, and maybe this is this is wrong, or maybe this is just me, but I always feel like if there's an animal you truly love, it, you should at least give your hand to try it at breeding it because then you can kind of like you're getting the full experience with the animal but anyway so maybe we'll quickly jump back to the youtube thing i have a couple more questions for you and then sure enough of your time you can get out of here <laughs> enough of you adam okay so um you've done a lot of traveling mm -hmm. we've had you on we've discussed costa rica but since then you've done an asian trip and you've done madagascar which of the three trips animal wise and then fun wise was your favorite uh, the most, f they're all amazing. Like they're all great. Probably the most fun was probably Costa Rica because the guy who was the guide was like our age was like just bros, right? It was just like hanging out. Um, Madagascar was great. We had like this one beach day and like, it was pretty great. Uh, Asia was great too because it was just with Dave and Dave's bro. And it was super fun. And we got to do like other stuff besides reptile stuff, history channel stuff and stuff like that. It, it's tough. I, I would say Costa Rica was probably the most fun. It was the um, least expensive after, you know, everything. And I love those guys. We got to, it was like the first one. So it was nostalgic and new 
and we got the beach day. So I, I think Costa Rica was probably the most fun one. Uh, but also Madagascar was great and we got a beach day and the uh, one in Asia was cool because I got to see a bunch of different countries and then uh, I got to hang out with uh, Ayala who was our camera girl and it, like she showed us like a bunch of culture. So they were all amazing. Um, but I, of all the three, I would definitely say I would never do Madagascar again. Probably. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. And that's just because of like the traveling and the experiences there and all that, right? And, and the 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 uh, 17 days of diarrhea. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like I, <laughs> I just feel like there. Everything else has culture, and Madagascar doesn't really because all the culture has been whitewashed, and it's all very Christian oriented, and like a bunch of that is in Madagascar. Yeah, like uh, I mean, to be honest and frank, like a bunch of boring old white people came and took over the culture. Like, there's no culture left. Right. It's all very Western world culture. Like, there's no food. I mean, there's no money. They have to chop down forests to make heat because there's no natural gas. Because th there's you know impediments against it. Um, it's not comfortable. It's not fun. Like, there's a lot of really cool species. But everything else in Asia and Colombia, or sorry, uh, Costa Rica, was fun, and there was culture, and there's other stuff besides reptiles. But if you go to Madagascar, you go for the wildlife. There's nothing else there. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And then animal-wise, sorry, I don't think I don't know if I, if you answered this or not. Animal-wise, was there a favorite or or a coolest, um, or were they all just awesome? Uh, I mean, in terms of reptiles, Madagascar was probably like there's probably more there. But you really have to go just for that. Like, if you want creature like creature comforts, that's not for you. Um, in terms of, I don't know, man. Asia was great. I mean, Bali. If I had to retire anywhere in the world, Bali. Really? Like, yeah, it's not even close. The coolest place ever. I mean, you have the coolest reptiles. Um, everything was cheap, bro. It was thirty bucks a night for something that would cost seven hundred dollars a night here. Wow. private pool private villa wow. the whole thing the food was amazing the people are amazing they're so nice um yeah bali was beautiful um but i also love latin culture so to me costa rica was really fun but also our tour guide was amazing christian at cr wild was like i love that place plus diane put it together and he did a really great job he's got good taste so I have no bad experiences. I mean, having diarrhea in the jungle for uh, 17 days was something in Africa. But uh, yeah, I, I, I have nothing bad to say. It was all really, really fun. Awesome. Awesome. And 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 so, yeah, no, that's 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 perfect. Good, good, good answer. Good answer. Uh, okay. so, Fadi, are, are you and I going to go on an expedition sooner than later or what? I, I'm ready whenever, man. Let's do it. Let's make okay. it happen. Right. Hint, hint, tease, tease. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So, okay. Um, winding down, a couple more questions for you. Sure. What do you think the future of the hobby is going to be? I feel like there's going to be, so the future of the hobby, I feel like breeders and breeding channels like Snake Bites TV are going to die. And not die, but like get smaller. And I feel like the future of the hobby in terms of social media is going to be people keeping enclo uh, bigger enclosures, more elaborate, things like that. I feel like I this video is gonna do really well in the long run. I feel like immediately I'm gonna be sad and it's gonna not do well. But I feel like in the long run, 
videos like that are going to do really well. And people are going to want to see bigger, more naturalistic enclosures for less animals. Um, I think that the future of the hobby is going to be very humanitarian and compassionate and less about morphs and money and things like that. I feel like these animal videos where it's cutting this morph and hitting the jackpot and all these morphs and blah, blah, blah. I feel like those days are done. I feel like Brian capitalized on them and he did great and those videos are amazing. There's nothing wrong with them. But I feel like the, the future of the hobby is going to be big rooms with less enclosures and fewer animals and more elaborate enclosures. Awesome. I, yeah, I agree. It definitely seems like the hobby is moving in that direction and I'm, I'm very happy about it as well. It, it seems like in the bioactive thing started it became popular and now they're mm -hmm. kind of like dragging it out to, to kind of see how far it goes and and i do think it's the it's the better direction to be moving in in plants the amalgamation of plants and animals i think is going to be a big thing i i agree and and actually that's that's perfect for our final question adam what yeah. are you doing january 21st 2024 so glad you asked i'm going to be in uh, mississauga ontario or toronto as most people will call it and I'm going to be at the uh, Plant and Reptile Expo. I'll have a booth. I'll be vending. But more important than that, there will be a Fadi there. There will be Dion, Mike from Reptilia, uh, from uh, Alpha Reptile slash Jungle Balls. I feel like there's going to be so many people there. And it's going to be a great Plant and Reptile Expo at the International Center. I love how you asked me this question. We did not talk about this. I'm not sponsored to say this. No one's paying me. But either way, there's going to be a Reptile Expo. <laughs> So uh, yeah, if you're my opinion, the best place to buy plants and reptiles, and I would have said this before I had a channel, are reptile expos because there's a bigger variety than anywhere else. You can see everything, compare, and if you enjoy personalities like Daffy and me and myself, and you can meet them there. So I'll be at the International Center on uh, the 21st of January, which is a Sunday, from 10 to 4 p.m. Parking is free, Hall One. <laughs> Parking is free. You can show up all day long. If you can't miss that one, you're going to have to show up on February 18th. I won't be at that one. Which is going to be the International Center. It's a plant and reptile expo. There's going to be hundreds of reptile and plant vendors. If you want to go see your favorite allocation of philodendrons and chameleon species, you got to show up to the Canadian Reptile Expo in Mississauga, Ontario. Is that a good promo? That is a perfect promo. That's another thing we can cut out and use later on. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Adam, thank you very, very, very much for coming on and doing this, man. Um, I'm sure everybody already knows where they can find you, but just for the people living under a rock, Adam, where can people find you? Okay, I'm so glad you asked. So, uh, <laughs> Wiccans Wicked Reptiles on uh, all the platforms, that's basically it. And as a special plug, Daffy's Reptiles. Please subscribe to Daffy's Reptiles. He makes very good reptile videos. And his podcast is one of the best, not only in Canada, but in general. So thanks for doing what you do. Fadi, you've opened up many doors for me. You've given me many Synodactylus, uh, Dendermates, Iapoc, so many things. And uh, it's just a pleasure to hang out with you. And you you put on, since your addition to Canada Reptile Expo, I feel like they've gotten so much better. Bringing you on as part of the team has been a blessing for Reptile Expos. And uh, I'm glad for the direction that they're going in. And if you haven't been to Rep Reptile Expo in Canada, you should definitely go. And uh, Fadi is the face behind it. So thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. You're the best. And you are an integral part of the Canada Reptile Hobby. Man, I love you. I'm going to cut all that out and use this. Trust me. This all. You're going to see all of this being used. Love you too, bro. <laughs> no, for real. Thank you very much. First of all, that's, that's really nice to hear. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming on.
Go give Adam a follow. You heard it. All social media platforms, WWR, Wiccans, Wicked Reptiles. Um, I, as he said, Daffy's Reptiles on all platforms. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you at the Reptile Expo or on the next episode. Hey, look at that. I like the balloons. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>